Uh, yeah, okay, so everything you're about to hear on this podcast is, like, completely improvised. No, honestly, they even, like, keep the film title and director's names completely secret from the guests and the team until the moment they hit record. It's absolutely wild. They're about to work together, so they, like, create a film, and it will, like, undoubtedly do really, really well. I can't wait to show Mummy. Um, welcome to this week's episode of the Improvise Movie Director Podcast! <laughs> film is affected very much by the honour with which you make it. Danny, as a director and as a lover, treats everything he touches with honour. His films are textured with the rawness of humanity and the softness of a sentimental heart. He will always have a special place in mine. Today's director also brings their full textured self to their work. I'm Martina Minow and I'm joined today by Hugo Suave, director of The Dark Knight at the Museum. Welcome, Hugo. All right, love, how are you? So delighted to have you here with us today, Hugo. I've admired you for many a year. Oh, yeah, well, I've also ad- admired you from afar, uh, as we know from the previous agreements. Oh, well, I'm much better from afar from up close, you know. Time has not been kind to the minnow. Oh, well, do you know what? I still like the look of your face. Oh, suave by name and by nature. You do make me blush. Well, enough of the flirtation. My goodness. I don't tend to get involved with people in the business. Let's talk about The Dark Knight at the Museum. What a film. I loved it. Oh, great. Well, thank you very much for saying so. It's been a passion project of mine to have The Dark Knight at the Museum. It was a it was a dark time getting there. I'm not by telling you, but I was very pleased with the end result. Mm. Very pleased. Passion projects often are. They're, they're very difficult, but always pay off. And this one in particular, I loved it. I really did, Hugo. And I think it's one of your finest works, if you don't mind me saying so. Oh, no, no. Keep saying so. Uh, you know, I need the publicity. Thank you very much. My pleasure. So, Hugo, obviously, might I call you Hugo or would you prefer Mr. Suave? Oh, do you know what? You can call me Hugo when you're happy with me. So that's fine. I'll know then if you get angry at any point during this interview. I see how you're so charming. You know how to read a person, don't you? My goodness. Well, Hugo, I obviously watched The Dark Knight at the museum the moment it came out. But for our listeners, can you tell us what happens? All right, okay. So picture this, all right? A tiny museum in Cornwall, all right? And the exhibits are all tiny dolls. That's what they are, tiny dolls. So it's, it's a mixture between a superhero film and Toy Story. So just imagine that. Now, The Dark Knight, you'd imagine it would be Batman, right? Couldn't get the rights. So we have Catman, very similar to Batman, except he has a Catmobile, Catarangs, basically Batman, but legally distinct from Batman, we have Catman. Mm. Got that so far? Absolutely. So there is a horrible situation inside the museum where one of the dolls is actually encrusted with precious stones, right? But what they don't know, at night, when no one's watching, all the toys in the museum come to life. So they move around, you see. So Catman's got to go in and try to find the right one. Yes, yes. What I really liked about this film is it was 
very, very immersive. I really felt like I was there. I was in the museum, these tiny little dolls with, with spot-on Cornish accents and, and, and then Catman coming in. You know, it was quite interesting because actually you think Catman is going to be a walk in the park for him, but actually these tiny little dolls, they're rather feisty, aren't they? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I based them on uh, members of the 90s era's WW Attitude. Uh, so all the characters, if you watch them carefully, you can see subtle nods to like The Rock, Mankind, uh, all of those famous wrestlers. Subtle nods. Uh, they're not overt nods, subtle. Subtle is your middle name, Mr. Suave. Well, let's cut to that opening sequence. We see the toys going about their normal business. It's a normal night at the museum for them. But lo, one of them hears a commotion. Catman has just arrived. Let's cut to Right, so yeah. we've all made sure that we're all, you know, comfortable. Yep. We've all got the right doll clothes. I love having the right clothes on. What do you think about that, John Keener? Are you sure about that? Right, okay, well, we'll leave you for later then. Wait a minute, what's that noise? It sounds like someone shitting in a litter box. I'm Catman. Oh my god, you absolutely stink. You haven't had your fur cleaned. You know, one of your ears has got a chunk out of it. That's what happens when you're a half man, half cat, living on the street, stealing what you must. Life is a cat man's heart. Yes, I've got the gadgets, the tools, a cat mobile, a catarang, a catamaran, which is like a boat thing. But, you know, one thing I don't have... A jewel-encrusted doll. Right, well, look here. We're not going to tell you which one of us is jewel-encrusted. No, it's hard to tell, isn't it? We're all wearing clothes. I'm just backing you up. I think you rock. You're like the rock. And the only way to tell would be to smell what we're cooking, all right? Exactly. And you'll never do that. Exactly. You know what? Mate, we're going to take you to the undertaker. Right, basically, you're going to not know who it is so bad that you're going to fail. And if we gave you a grade, it'd be so low, it'd be triple H. Well, I suppose I'll just have to take all of you. Get in the cat sack, and I won't let any of you dolls out of the bag. Get in the cat sack, every one of you. Well, I didn't see that coming. You know, I thought Catman was going to be the hero, but he's actually, he's a cat burglar, and he's made off with all of the toys. Oh, yeah, that's right, he has. I wanted to be unexpected, you know? I wanted to be like, oh, mm. he's hitting hard times. This is like a prequel to my uh, previous films. So this is like his origin story, as it were, mm. uh, in Cornwall. Yes, I like that we're actually seeing Catman's darkest night. We're seeing him in his darkest hour. You know, I can't stand those superheroes. They're all clean cut. Clark Kent never done anything wrong in their life. Give me someone gritty. Give me someone who shits in a litter box. I like the rawness of this because actually it's not clean cut. You know, Catman, he's got issues. Why does he need these jewels? Why are they so important to him? Tell me, what's his motivation here? Oh, well, you know, the horrible stories. Batman's parents were murdered. Superman is a lonely child from another planet. Green Lantern wears jewellery. All these things, right, of his history. Catman. Catman's problem, right, stems from his childhood when he wanted to be the lead in the Pirates of Penzance playing the Pirate King. And, uh, and they didn't give it to him. 
And since then, he's always wanted to show that. And there is a scene in the film, in fact, where they do recite songs from the Pirates of Penzance uh, in a recitative manner. I couldn't get the rights to the music. Despite the fact the rights are in the public domain, they still denied them to me. So they do it in like a slam poetry style, almost like you don't recognize it. But this is Catman's finest hour when he's talking to the love interest. Uh, again, we couldn't get Catwoman. So see what we did here. We've got Batwoman. It's just a role reversal sort of thing, you know. Uh, and her name's not, it's, 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 uh, her name's Kylie Sinogue. That's a, that's a character's name. Uh, she's Australian. Uh, but it's a wonderful moment when they're doing the Pirate King uh, talking to one of the maidens. It's a lovely slam poetry event. I, it's my proudest, proudest moments. Um, you might recognise the tune as it goes along. You might, you might not. I don't know yet. Uh, and I really, I really connected actually with that, with Catman's motivation, because isn't everything you do stemmed from our childhood disappointments? You know? Yeah. I see that. Catman wanted to play the Pirate King. He was just a pirate. I wanted to play Mary, who made me the manger. Can you believe it? It's no accident that here I am showboating to 38 listeners every week because I didn't get my moment when I was five. Sorry, I don't mean to get emotional. No, it's, it's fine. It's, I love the passion. Thank you. You must have made, I imagine, the most passionate manger I've ever seen. Full of, full of vim and vigour and straw. Yes, I really was. So I felt, I actually started rooting for Catman at this point. He's doing his Pirates of Penzance slam poetry. He's out to seduce Kylie Sinogue, who was a wonderful Batwoman, by the way. Um, and it was really quite something. You really put a touch of yourself in here, didn't you? Let's cut to. Wow, Miss Sinogue, fancy opening the door? Oh, don't even talk to me about doors. It's so hard to see. In fact, being a bat, I can't even see. I've got to echolocate everything cat man so you know maybe you could be the gentleman open the door for me oh of course i'm so sorry i never realized uh here let me uh let me yell so you know how large my living room is ah! there you are wow that's impressive thank you what a spacious area you've got must have been you know, burgling quite hard recently. I did. I stole this off the Pope. Oh, you might even say you're the um, model of a modern man. Absolutely. I mean, I, you know, I, I like to say sometimes that uh, I'll be true to the song I sing and live and die a pirate cat burglar. Yes. You know, I think it's better far to live and die under a brave black flag I fly, you know. I look, I stole it up there from a, the Golden Hind. It's amazing. I mean, I'm very rude. I haven't even offered you any refreshment. What would you like? Animal, vegetable, mineral? Oh, animal, please. What animals do you have? Kylie. Sorry, Siley. Sorry, well, bat, bat woman. I'll come clean. I know who you are. What? How did you guess? Was it all the echolocating? It's because you're the only other half-human, half-animal creature in this entire Cornish village. I just... I don't know if it can work out between us. Catman. Why? I'm a bet. You're a cat. We rhyme. It's perfect. Every five-year-old knows that in some ways we fit together. You like to hang upside down from the ceiling, and I like to lick myself all over, but I'm happy to outsource the job. I'm not quite sure what that means exactly, but uh, 
I'm sure it's good. It definitely is. Look, Batwoman, is there no hope of me impressing you, even with these jewel-encrusted dolls I stole? I mean, acquired? When I was a child, all I wanted was a jewel-encrusted doll, but I couldn't afford one. Well, here. And ever since then, I've just been, you know, hoarding wealth. I also have minor childhood trauma, having been denied something I wanted. You and I, we have more in common than you might have thought. What do you say to giving me a chance? Just the one. I'll yell at things late into the night, especially when we're making love. And I'll bring you fruits and jewel-encrusted dolls, more than you could ever dream. They're definitely not sentient. All right, I'm willing to give it one try. Just make sure that your ex doesn't come back on the scene. Oh, I'm done with, with Dogman. I'm done with him. He's not even a half-dog. He's just a man that likes dogs. Occasionally straps his Labrador to his back, faker. I thought it would work, but no. Turns out opposites don't attract. And if there are two animals I think of as very similar, it's cats and bats. Let's do that upside-down Spider-Man kiss. Well, 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 well. Catman won her over in the end. I wasn't sure that he would after all that licking business, but actually, there they are, doing the Spider-Man kiss. Oh, yeah, well, you got to say the... Got to give props to the actor who played Catman. Went very method. Was actually mm-hmm. able to lick themselves all over. Uh, it was very impressive. I was, uh, I was appalled, but also artistically intrigued. I left it in the film. Yes. Some of the scenes are just him in his dressing room, in fact, just licking himself and his feet. There's a fine line, isn't there, between commitment to a role and being creepy, and, well, Catman straddles it. Yeah, or with all four paws. Mm. So we see Catman and, and Batwoman in their burgeoning romance. We've got wind of this ex-dogman, which I was interested to see. But meanwhile, all the toys, it's daytime, so they can't come to life. But sunset is approaching, and they're stuck in the cat sack, and they want to get out. I was quite excited to see, like, are they going to use their, their wrestling moves to escape? How are they going to get out of this situation? It's not looking good for them, is it? No, no, it's not. However, you see, uh, what was established in the opening credits of the film, which the audience may not have seen, because, you know, they don't always watch the first 15 seconds of anything. Mm. I counted on that. There are the free rules when it comes to storing tiny sentient dolls. The first one is classic, you know. Do not give them food after midnight. Very clear. Second one, okay, is do not expose them to opera. And the third one is do not put them in a sack. Otherwise, they become connected together by the stitching into human form. It's, it, the, these rules were laid down very clear at the beginning of the film. Mm. So once in the sack, you can imagine what happens, right? It's, they, they fight their way out using their many mouths clamped together on each other's limbs to make one giant doll, uh, much similar to the Yokozuna of the wrestling fame. And that's how many dolls there are, 500 pounds of dolls. It's a lot. Remind me of the Power Rangers, you know, all coming together. And if that's not a metaphor for communism, I don't know what is. Let's cut to the escape scene. Right, 
turn that Verdi off. It's not working as well as we'd hoped. I was trying, but apparently we don't consider him proper opera. Who cares about Verdi? We've tried light opera. All that slam version of Penzance didn't change us. Verdi didn't work. It's just a lost cause. Don't say that. You'll be okay. Come here. Give me a hug. Wait. My, my stitching... It's stuck on you. Oh my god, the third rule. <gasps> I forgot the third rule. What? What's the third rule? We want to Tell move. us the third rule. I'm going to give you the third rule of pain. Uh, well, the third rule is that you can't put dolls in a sack, otherwise they become connected together by stitching into human form. You know, like most dolls. Oh no, I'm forming into a tibia. Ah, I'm becoming a foot. Ah. I never wanted to be an ear, but now I am. So I'll curl over. Oh no. And we're becoming the coccyx. We are Doll Legion, the doll who is one. And we will wreak horrible vengeance on all who have rent us. Horrible vengeance on all who has rent us. Yeah. yeah. Get our way out of this sack. Fuck this sack. It goes in the bin. Right, now time to find that cat man and show him what it's like to be put in a sack. Exactly. Oh, who's this woman hanging upside down from the ceiling? Batter away, we don't need her. <laughs> oh, God, that's not a fair crack of the whip, you galah. We are Legion. Let's go. I didn't realise there was an Australian doll in the back. Yep, goodbye, mates. Oh, I'm the left buttock, just sneaking in there. I was brought up in 1752 by Cornish smugglers and um, found about 1973 by a metal detector enthusiast called Bob. It wasn't quite early for these modern concepts of a more white kind of colonial Australia to be around. Yes, it was, but you know, I mean, that's one of the reasons that I'm up here now, to, you know, talk a little bit more about Aussie history, uh, you know, before it uh, it was settled or invaded, depending on your political position, um, by the... I'm putting on trousers now. Hugo, I really like that you put in some education in there, you know? There was a real risk with this film that it'd be all action and very little moral imperative, and you've really managed to weave that in with that buttock scene. I really felt that. Oh, yeah, well, I fought to get the buttock scene in there. It holds the... It gives it integrity. Firm, gluteus maximus integrity, I feel. Um, so, so the dolls have mobilised. They yeah. formed a legion, which my father always warned me against. Never let them unionise, he said to me. Uh, but it's happened. Mm-hmm. What's going to happen next? Well, it's now next. The climactic battle scene between Catman and the Doll Legion. And then also there's a surprise entrance by the ex-lover. Dogman turns up, clearly to help out, but partway through. And I'm not going to lie here, Martina. We had to get a lot of sponsorship for this film. So this part of the film was where almost every two or three lines of fight sequence, one of our sponsors is mentioned verbally out loud, just so that they got into the film. And you'll be surprised at some of the actual funders of this film. You wouldn't have thought would sponsor such a film. And I think they're also surprised too uh, when they see the final product because I may have missold it to them quite heavily. Quite heavily. Uh, well, Mr. Suave, I'm not usually supportive of sellouts, 
but let's see if you can win me over with this scene. Let's cut to the battle sequence. Doll Legion takes on Catman. Uh, Batwoman got knocked off her perch a little while ago. Not sure if she's going to make it back. And uh, Dogman might be arriving. It's all kicking off. Let's go. Oh, I've been knocked off my perch, Catman. With my dying breath, just avenge me. Meow. Sorry, what were you saying? <clears throat> I was licking myself. Oh. Oh no, Batwoman! Ow, oh, Mr. Noke! Oh, very well. It seems I'll have yet another piece of trauma to avenge. This will drive me to darker and darker thoughts. But how could this have happened? There's. Oh my god. One large footprint made up from 20 smaller footprints on her side. <gasps> There's only one thing that this could mean. No, I thought I hid all of the opera tapes. No! I thought I ate all the food. <gasps> the sack. It must have been the sack. That's right. <gasps> no. You've become Legion. We have become Legion. And just like a bird's eye fish finger, you're gonna get battered. Oh no. That's terrible. Well, if you are all the dolls, there must still be a jewel-encrusted one within you. I'll bet you if I could get that jeweled doll, I could get you to shut down. Just like when you lie on a dream's mattress, shutting down after a long, hard day. You'll never get to the centre. Not unless you use Thomas Cook travel agents to plan your route. And they've gone bust, so you haven't got a chance. No, well, I suppose I'll just have to do the alternative and Google it on Trivago. Hey, I've booked a small, cheap plane ticket for 90 euros to go three stops into your heart. Prepare yourself, doll leg. I'm climbing up you, and this time, the claws are out. Just like this new season of Drag Race Untucked. Hey, Cadman, I've come. Hello. I I just wanted to say that I really, really miss you. And I love, I love Pomeranians and Huskies oh. as well. Oh, Dogman, this is what ended up between us. Your polyamorous tendencies. No, please. I love all creatures. All creatures, great and small. Books that are available now on the BBC iPlayer website. Well, I'm sorry, I can't be with you. I have a large doll to climb. Did you, did you, when you were, when you were trying to say you love Pomeranians, did you really mean that you loved someone else? Oh, I love only, only myself. It's a classic dog move. Well, if all you love is yourself, then I guess there's nothing left to say other than fetch. <laughs> Come here, doll. Look at you with your hundreds bright shining eyes. Just like the eyes you could be a part of at the new Coldplay concert. Come along to the O2 Arena and lift your phone and put the torch on. Sing along to some songs, three of which you'll have heard on the radio. Well, it's all right. 
all I have, man. Come and lie in my mini doll's arms. Thank you. I just feel like I wasn't appreciated. He's just a man with a dog on his back. Why can't I keep a lover? <laughs> it's all right. You're very underappreciated. Thank you. Much like the Norfolk Broads. The perfect place for a holiday this summer. Uh, my first love was a Norfolk Broad. No, no, it's all right. It's all right. Well, well, well. I didn't expect that Catman finds solace in the, in the arms of Doll Legion. Didn't see it coming. No, right, yeah. Uh, that is partly because we ran out of money for the CGI. Mm. So we just had to use that at the ending there. But it was a beautiful moment. Sometimes the best art comes from when you have to improvise, right? It just sort of comes that way, I say. I've never been one for improv. I think it's lazy. Can't be bothered to learn the lines, can they? Whose line is it anyway? What do you mean? It's not even written down. There is no line. Just making it up. Ridiculous. I can sense you being angry over this, Martina. Sorry. I don't, I don't want to stir up any... I mean, I'm sure when you had your lines as a manger back as a child, you were you stuck to your lines back then. Let's not reflect on Mangergate. I'm not over it. Um, back to the film, Mr. Suave. Catman and Doll Legion, they've now got a dilemma, haven't they? Because they're going back to the museum, but the guests in the morning, they're not... They're not prepared to see a giant doll. Catman and Doll Legion, if they want to live their life in the museum, the dolls are going to have to step apart. Buttock removed. Fibia gone. Back to their normal single state. It's quite a heartfelt goodbye. Yeah. I mean, some say I ruined the goodbye scene by entering the, the moment where Catman rips the literal crusted heart out of the doll in a Mortal Kombat style. But I think it adds gravitas, frankly. You know, it's like you're watching what appears to be Casablanca and suddenly there's just an explosion of dolls, um, which was achieved uh, mostly by me throwing dolls in the air in front of the camera. It was a very cheap special effect, uh, but worked very well. But yeah, it's uh, this is Oscar-worthy, this moment, I think. Catman's speech is incredibly incredibly almost Shakespearean. Almost, I mean, I I didn't ask the actor to do this, but it wasn't iambic pentameter. It was amazing, frankly. And then the doll's reaction is incredibly mm. unexpected. Like, you would not expect this reaction at all. But um, it sets up nicely for a sequel, I think. It is rather beautiful, actually. And as endings go, it is iconic. I can so see you getting the Oscar for it. And, you know, it reminded me of... One of my own breakups, actually, you know, all romantic, beautiful prose. And then suddenly it was like something inside him was like, finish her. Let's cut to. You'll have to go. I understand. I've been in breakups in my life. Is this really what you want? Yeah, I, that's that's what I do want, I'm afraid. I've, uh, I just... I need some time for myself. I need some space for myself and me 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 and me. Well, I understand. Though I am more cat man than cat boy, I saw you once, beloved toy. You stole my heart from Cornish region. Once you were one, now you are legion. And loving 
one or many doll will always take expensive toll. But you and I, we both know that. You're just ten dolls and I'm a cat. So in this strange and brand new dawn, there's nothing ish about this corn. Fatality. Well, you have finally completed your task, Catman. What? And maybe we'll allow you to go back to being the man that you once were, and not the cat that you've become. Really? You'd reverse the science experiment that my father did on me all those years ago? I would, because I'm the spirit of L. Ron Hubbard from Scientology. Oh, great. This seems like exactly the solution to all my problems. Please, take all of my money. I, I only have this incredibly rare, jewel-encrusted doll. Would you take it? I would. Thank you. I'll use it to further undermine society on a large scale. Oh, well, I'll, I'll still be a, 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 a man, right? Not just, not just a cat. Oh, you'll be a man. But your next mission is to go and infiltrate the world and spread the word. Spread the word. I'll go and I'll spread the word as surely as every night for bath time. I spread my legs. What a roller coaster that was. Yeah, I'm tearing up right now. Just watch it again. Uh, I was rather flustered. I needed a sherry and a lie down after that. There is a there's a beautiful poetry to that. And um, as as it may become apparent, uh, the Church of Scientology also sponsored part of the film. Um, but there is, for those who watched right to the end, there is one final end credit sequence of a, a tiny 30 second moment uh, where we introduce the next villain. Uh, it's Vatman. He had his 20% tax to everything. That is, uh... but it's just a tiny moment. You like, if you left the cinema, you wouldn't have seen it. Just, just so you know. So, you mean, I don't. don't just in case Martini didn't watch it, it uh, looks very normal, but it's very clear that they are Vatman. They make it incredibly clear that's what they are. And um, Hugo, I'm terribly embarrassed. I actually didn't watch it, but my production team have said they have got it. So let's cut through now and I'll be as delighted as you are. A foot stamps on a receipt and it bends down to pick it up. Well, let's HMR see what's in store for him. Wonderful, wonderful. Um, and so that brings me to my final question, Mr. Suave. Hugo. Will that man be in your next movie? Because I have heard a rumor that you've got another on the boil. 
Well, I do have another one on the boil. However, I am not allowed back in the country because of tax fraud, it turns out. So uh, I'm going to have the director over, I guess, Zoom. I don't know how it's going to work, but, you know, I'll give it a go. And I am very pleased to announce that Catman will be returning in the film, as will Vatman. We're going to use a whole slew of characters. Hatman, mm. Matman, Chapman, all of them. They're all going to be in there. And what's it called, your next film? Oh, it's just called, it's the symbol, it's the at symbol, man. Wonderful. Yeah. Here's the trailer for At Man, directed by Hugo Suave, featuring a slew of characters. Here we go. In a world where a half-man, half-cat is left with nothing. Meow, I have nothing. One legion of rhyming men will change his life forever. You got me. I'm overweight and I am fat man. I can't decide which of these lovely things to wear. A trilby, a top hat... I'm Chapeau Hat Man. Oh no, I've fallen over and made a mistake. I'm Pratt Man. Oh, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm just called Matthew, but you know, I, I clean sometimes and you guys had an extra chair, so now I'm, uh, now I'm Matt Man. <laughs> One legion of people who rhyme this time. One half cat, half man. All the problems when they all get on Twitter. Coming to cinemas this spring, if you're unlucky, it's Atman. Oh, I can't wait. Wonderful, wonderful, Hugo. Well... That brings me towards the end of our interview. Do you have any final words of wisdom for our listeners? Oh, well, yeah, I do. Um, if ever you find yourself making a film in Cornwall, do it when no one's watching. It's much cheaper. So much cheaper. Very wise advice. Some of the best things are made when you're alone and unobserved. Thank you, Hugo. The Improvised Movie Director podcast featured Sabrina Luisi as Martina Minow, with resident improvisers Vicky Hawley and Rory Vieira. With special thanks to this week's guest, John Nguyen. IMDP is produced and edited by Steve Tanner. Theme music by Matt Brown and Johnny Griffiths. Episode artwork by Marty Sears. The Improvised Movie Director podcast will be doing a live recording on the 31st of March at the Miller Pub. To find out more, follow us at Improv Movie Pod on Instagram or Facebook. The Improvised Movie Director Podcast is a four foot one films production.